Good evening, this is Dee Dee Banks at the table and I want to welcome you to come on in, come on in, have a seat. Let's have some tea because I've got some good tea for you tonight, okay? I am not a counselor, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, I'm just a woman who have had lots of experience in life, gone through a lot in life, and I want to share some things with you. The hottest topic that's going on right now due to our President Trump is narcissist, narcissism. Narcissism is a mental disorder that has been going on for many, many years, even from the biblical times. And it is a sin that has spread across the land and it is everywhere we go. It's in the church, it's on our jobs, it's in the schools. I mean, every area in our lives, a narcissist exists. The world breeds narcissists. We as parents, we breed narcissists and it is killing and and destroying so many lives. So it's important that we talk about these things because never before has this been talked about as much as it's been talked about right now. When you listen to your president, what he says, how he reacts, he is like a robot. No feelings whatsoever about anyone but himself. And if you're an empath like myself, like many people, it can be so hurtful in our lives, in our friendships. I mean, everywhere, family. And so this is why this is a topic that it has uh, affected me personally. I'm sure if it hasn't affected you, it's affected someone that you know. So I want you all to pay attention and, and do your research about narcissists and narcissism, okay? It's a spirit that has to be rebuked. And I just pray that those who are aware that they are, that they get some type of healing from it because um, you'll never be happy. Never, ever, ever. You'll always be in search of something. But I tell you what the Lord Jesus Christ, honey, he can do anything. And he can, he can take away anything. He can heal anything and anybody. So, you know, you have to turn your life over to Christ. Uh, amen. So anyway, what I'm going to start with is uh, I owe you episode number 10. And we're going to start there. And then there is something. There's a gentleman. He's a pastor uh, that I have been listening to. Uh, his name is R.C. Blakes, and he has been talking about narcissism and narcissist and all, I mean, everything. And so there is something that I want to share with you that a lot of women and men have experienced, and it is the demonic um, blame game, the reverse psychology, uh, when um, 
someone has done something to you, they reverse it and and put it on you like as if you've done it. So I want to share a few minutes of that with you also. I don't want to go over long, but this is a very juicy, juicy, juicy uh, episode right here. And I want to be able to share all of this with you this evening. So here we go. Here is a question that was asked, and uh, it was asked to, uh, how can someone tell if they are subconsciously blocking out parts of their childhood memories due to the traumatic experiences, or if they just can't remember because it was so long ago? And a former social worker and an accountant, her name is Gail Berger, and she answered the question. She says this, if you don't have memories at all of childhood trauma, you may be tipped off by the following. Do you find yourself repeatedly attracted and seem to involve yourself in relationships where you you are victimized repeatedly? Number two, do you find yourself unable to control your anger at times? Become so aggressive you find you can't seem to control yourself and your reactions? Number three, do you find yourself curiously drawn to some sense of adversity witnessed or reported by another? The sense would be a metaphor of your own prior experience, which might have been traumatic in nature. Number four, do you have gaps in memories? Like you remember the first grade, but have no members, have no memories of the second grade. Number five, did you witness the abuse of other family members? Do you know if a family member had been sexually assaulted? If so, it is likely this abuse had been inflicted on other family members like yourself. Six, do you have reoccurring nightmares suggesting some traumatic memory? Number seven, do you experience any generalized negative emotion? like anxiety or depression? Number eight, do you have any unexplained phobias? That's eight questions that she asked, and this is what she says. If you can answer yes to any of these questions, it might be possible that you have had experience some form of childhood adversity to which you have no memory. This would include either or both traumatic relationships or of disruptions in attachment in some way or those related to events. Now that was very, very profound. It gives us something to think about um, our past. And if you have gaps in our memories and and things that were traumatic, a lot of um, us have gone through some traumatic Uh, things in our life and some of us have blocked them out and what has happened is they get suppressed down in our soul and something happens in our life where it triggers and it comes back up that's why we have to get healing we have to ask God to come down in there gut us out and clean us up so that we can live a fulfilling and loving uh, life because we have a tendency to attract negative people in our lives Uh, when we have these issues that have not been addressed. Amen. Now, here's the second question. It is this. Um, When, excuse me, sorry. 
When is a narcissist most likely to humiliate you in front of others? Mm, That's a good one. Here's the answer. Oh, and the answer is coming from Roger Carroll. He didn't want to identify uh, his profession or uh, what his status is. But anyway, number one, when one or more of the others are, when one or more of the others are people they're seeking attention from. Number two, when they want to appear superior by making you appear insignificant to them. Three, when they're testing you to see just how much humiliation you'll tolerate. Number four, when one or more of the others are flying monkeys, they've been telling what a bad person that you are and they're training the flying monkeys how to treat you. Number five, when they're trying to provoke a reaction from you and they are prepared to punish your reaction in front of others. Number six, when they fear you're getting too much attention from the others, they'll often try to humiliate you to show others that you're not worthy of their attention. Number seven, when they feel or think that others will be supportive of them in case you react angrily to the humiliation. Eight, when they're intimidated by you, jealous or envious of you, They will often try to humiliate you in front of others as a way of one-upping you in front of others. That happens to me a lot. Number nine, when they're trying to triangulate you with one or more of the others. Ten, when they feel or think that you have somehow slighted them in front of others by things such as not devoting all of your attention towards them, not praising them in front of those others, talking on your phone when you could be or should be talking to them, speaking or speaking to or smiling at the wrong person, not trying to talk to them when they're ignoring you, or a hundred other unpardonable sins that make you deserve to be humiliated in front of others. When a narcissist most likely to humiliate you in front of others, whenever they can, whenever they can see any type of gain for themselves or any type of loss for you, basically, whenever they want to and the better you get along with others, the more they seem to want to. A smile, a quick wit, a razor-sharp tongue are usually your best defenses against a narcissist who is trying to humiliate you in front of others once you know when they're most likely to and who they're most likely to do it in front of. Hmm, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so that's two questions. We're going to go to the third and last question before we get to R.C. Blake's conversation. Okay, why are narcissists unable to bond emotionally with their partners? Hmm, We all know why that is. 
Okay, here's the answer coming from Joyce Smith. She said this, because their emotional development was stunted in early childhood, possibly between the ages of two and five. It is believed by a powerful trauma, possibly at the hands of a parent or caretaker, leaving them forever unable to love in a deep, mature, meaningful way. Instead, they remain emotionally superficial and unable to feel the kind of intimate love which bonds people in meaningful, long-lasting relationships. Because their physical and intellectual developments are normal. In fact, many high-functioning narcissists are extremely gifted intellectually. Yes, they are. The narcissist appears physically normal, can be highly intellectually developed, yet remains forever an emotional child, unable to love or bond for a lasting intimate relationship, but appears to forever wander, moving from one supply, which is another person, to the next, yet always empty and unhappy and never finding real fulfillment or mature emotional expression. That is so sad um, how when um, you're, you're a young child and your parents are so into themselves that they pay no attention to you. They bring you to this world and they totally just ignore you. All you are for is to please them. You, They boss you and control you. You're their practice. You're, you're what they feed off of. And in the meantime, they're ruining your life because they don't know how to love. They have no hearts. They have no empathy. Uh, so, you know, unfortunately, when you grow up with, with parents that don't show any type of love towards you, they don't coddle you, they don't tell you they love you, they don't tell you how wonderful you are and how uh, grateful they are to have you. It's all about them. Everything they do is about them. And it's so sad Um you know, how many lives have been ruined, Uh, but it's a demonic spirit. And, um, uh, you know, it's not the person, it's, it's just the spirit, uh, that is, is on, uh, these narcissists. Now, right now I'm going to go to RC Blake's and he talks about a demonic game, a narcissist plays. Now I'm going to, I hope it comes out clear enough for you. Um, because this is some good information. Stand by. This particular dear heart, in a situation with a man, and no names, no part of the country, none of this, the man comes back and he contracts something, STD. And he says to her, well, um, you know, if, if, if this is what I think it is, we over. And, uh, and so she's like, well, what do you mean if this is, because I can't believe you did this to me. Sherlanda, thank you so much. Now this poor heart, this poor dear heart, no, she has not gone out on this man sexually. 
and he has clearly done some things that he shouldn't have done and she said he hit her from her blind side because he's talking to her like he's actually serious that somehow she did this to him when the reality was he knew that he had stepped out on her and it caught up with him but rather than having to explain how he stepped out on her he reversed the situation and immediately accused her and she was describing to me how this thing threw her into uh an emotional crisis where you know you just you doing what you supposed to do in a relationship and then somebody comes up and this is well you know I, I think I'm I'm they have something and I can't believe you did this to me and you like I did what to you I can't believe you stepped out on me and I can't believe you brought this back to me oh my goodness it is demonic so they reverse the situation to accuse you and see some of you are dealing with that right now Some of you are dealing with that right now. You have somebody in your life that has done nothing but dirt and they have a, a an art there's an art. They have a gift of twisting that thing around, reversing that thing and accusing you and they're so good at it that you almost you you almost begin to scratch your head. This poor child said started wondering what 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 happened something happened and I didn't know it you know just all over the place it's demonic and the bible says in revelation 12 and 10 says and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven now is come salvation and strength the kingdom of our god and the power of his christ for the accuser talking about lucifer satan for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night one of the main characteristics of the demonic is accusation and one of the ways the narcissist ties your mind up ife hiari i think i pronounced it right thank you one of the ways the narcissist ties your mind up tia joy thank you so much i'm grateful for you is they bring they bring to bear vehement accusation as if they accuse you as though they have evidence and they accuse you with a certain emotion behind it that you believe it you begin to believe you begin to question yourself you know did i do something i didn't know But this poor baby said she she didn't know what was going on. It just seemed like he was so serious, you know. But we see that the spirit of accusation is a part of is at the center of the demonic. Now, let me show you another situation in the Bible. In John chapter 8, verses 3 through 9. It says in scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. when they had set her in the midst they say unto him master this woman is was taken in adultery in the very act now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned 
what says you? What do you say about it, Jesus? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one beginning at the elders even unto the last and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. But here's the thing I want you to see. They say that she was caught in adultery, taken in adultery in the very act, meaning they caught her having sex with a man. But yet the woman is the only one there being accused. The man has disappeared. They caught in the act both of them are breaking the law, but the woman is the only one that's being accused. That is indirectly a visual of how a how narcissistic abuse functions. Amen. While the narcissist hides, the narcissist takes his or her victim and puts them on stage and puts them and their faults, failures under spotlight. I'm going to stop right there. Wasn't that good? Narcissists are liars and they're cheaters. They are not faithful. They will do any and everything to tear you down, including a STD. Now that's really sad and low down and dirty. I had a very dear friend that this happened to. The Joker went out, got a STD, gave it to my friend, and then didn't tell her. She goes to the doctor and then wait, 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 wait. He goes and gets treated and get healed, leaving her with the STD. And she has this STD. They're not having sex. She goes to the doctor and the doctor says, you have an STD. She says, oh my God, I only have one partner. And she's just flabbergasted. She goes to her man and she tells him she has an STD. Well, I ain't got nothing. Hmm. You can see my report. You know, he brings back a clean slate because he done went and, and, um, got treated, took medication for it. So men and women can be low down and dirty. So family, watch out for the narcissist, okay? They'll do any and everything. They are the biggest losers, okay? And they have a supply that you would not believe. Don't think you are the only man or the only woman when you're dealing with a narcissist. They will hide them and and you would not even know that they have other people. But oh, let them get mad. Let them start arguing and fighting. No, you ain't the only thing on earth. You ain't all that because they've got a supply. They've got someone in their life in the background. They're not worthy to bring out front. Trust me, they're going to go beneath you. They're going to mess with people that aren't even on your level. They're so desperate for attention that narcissists will go get uh, a bum off the street. 
long as he's getting sex, money, whatever he can get, because that's how they think. They're robots. They're mechanical. They have no feelings. So if you can get away from them, I say run, run, and run. And I I pray that you will recover from this devastating relationship. Now, some of us have dated more than one. That's only because we didn't know what they were or their, their areas in our lives that we need to seek and search and ask God to reveal it to us so that we can get healing from, from it because that's how these demons creep in is when you have cracks in your foundation. So you got to get healing, okay? This is for men and women, okay? There's women narcissists too. I've had women narcissists, girlfriend, women, not girlfriend because I'm not gay. I mean, you know, friends, so-called friends, best friend. You can't say girlfriends anymore because that implies that you, um, that you might be bisexual or you might be um, gay, but I'm a straight woman. But uh, anyway, uh, it's bad out there. So I just want to tell you to be wise, be watchful, read some books. I'm going to keep you informed as much as I can. But I tell you, there's so much out there about this that you would be so surprised. I am a woman of God. Uh, I am uh, in the church And so I'm not out there uh, in the world uh, being involved in a lot of things that are going on out there uh, like um, that a lot of people are doing today. Um, I'm I'm basically um, a person that stays home, uh, home, church and, you know, um, and that type of thing. But I'm in touch with people who are in the world because they are my friends and I love them. And uh, some of them are my family members, relatives. And I love them. I love them all. I'm no better than anyone else. But the damage that has been done to me from my childhood up until my adulthood, I have been seriously abused. And I carried a lot of trauma in my life. And the Lord has healed me from a lot of things and that's why I stay out of the things that have a lot to do with things in the world that are devastating and I try to surround myself with people who are like-minded like myself who have the spirit of Christ versus the spirit of Satan because I can't deal with that anymore. I'm always rebuking the devil. I have to rebuke him everywhere I go because people hate to see people that have a light on them. So if you're a person that not only are you attractive, uh, you um, have a light on you, you're very friendly and kind and loving, people are jealous of you and they hate you. The devil hates Jesus. He hates Jesus' father. He hates you because you are a descendant from Jesus Christ. You're in that bloodline. Okay, you've got that light, true light. I'm not talking about um, hypocrites. I'm talking about a person who is a queen, and I am a queen. I had a crooked crown for a while because... I love people more than I love God. And what I mean by that is I discovered that I was a people pleaser all my life. And I think it's because of all the jobs I had uh, caused me to gravitate to people. I love stories, but um, my feelings were hurt very easily. And the Lord revealed to me 
that my crown was crooked and that I love people more than I loved him and he's a jealous God. And I cried and I cried and I asked for forgiveness and he forgave me and he kissed my tears and he straightened my crown and I am walking upright with a light and I am a queen. I am a queen. I am a queen of God. I don't believe in anything that's going to belittle me in any kind of way. Um, I walk with my head up high. I could care less about what people think about me. But as a queen, I am still learning. I don't know it all, and I'm still learning. Being um, a woman of God, that's why I'm studying narcissism. Because this world is built um, around narcissists, uh, misogyny, meaning it's a male-dominant society, and men have brought us down to our knees. We have been concubines for these low-class men family, and I urge you today to stand up and stop. If you call yourself a queen, you got to be a real queen. Not a sleepy queen, a sleeping queen, but a real queen that is awake. You're wise. You know what's going on. You know where you come from. You know who you are. You know what you are made of. And you don't let anybody belittle you in any kind of way. No man is worth you being a concubine. Amen. And if you are a concubine, you need to ask God to come into your life and and help you and deliver you and lift you up so that you can wear that crown, a straight crown, not a crooked crown, but a straight crown. Amen. Because you deserve it. We women are powerful. God has called us to step up our game and not just talk about it, but be about it. We've got so much work to do. We have so much work to do, ladies. And if we don't answer to the call that God has called upon us, since the world shut down, he has caused us to rise up. Women are being put in places that they've never been put before. Women are smarter than they've ever been before. We need to rise up. We need to be wise. We need to be prayerful. We need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ because the narcissist men and women, the jealous women, are trying to take us out. Okay? Well, it's 30 minutes and 13 seconds. I'm going to get off because I don't want to lose your attention. I love you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray that you will be strong, be wise, and stay healthy during this time. I pray that your children, if they're going to be going back to school, that the Lord will protect them from this COVID-19. It's dangerous. The numbers are going up again because the weather is warm. But we've got to be ready for this next round, this fall season and the winter season. Okay, it's uh, there's going to be a lot of sickness and there may be a lot more death. And I just want to hear from you again. I want to see you one day. And one day I'm going to go live so we can see each other. 
uh, so you can see me face to face. I'm looking forward to it. I'm preparing to do that right now. But in any case, I want you to stay safe and stay strong. And the next uh, episode is going to be episode number 11. And I'm going to talk about parenting, uh, parents who raised uh, their children and the child, the way they raised their children and how to spot a parent who was a narcissist and what narcissist parents have done to our children. Amen. Where it all started from. It started from us as parents, that spirit, that, that demonic spirit. Uh, it started from us raising our children and how we raise in the generations and generations and generations of parenting um, children when when you're a narcissist parent. Okay, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to your people, Lord. I hope that this um, uh, the video with R.C. Blakes helps someone out there, Father God, and I hope what I um, read tonight about questions about narcissists and narcissism has helped someone tonight, God. We ask for healing tonight, God, for those that are hurting and suffering, God, whether it's from COVID-19, depression, any addictions, Father God, I ask that you touch them and heal them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are so wonderful. We're going to keep on praising you, and we just thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for all that you're going to do. We thank you for keeping us in your perfect peace. Lord, I ask that you heal the hearts of those who have lost loved ones due to COVID-19, due to anything, murder, sickness, anything. God, I ask that you heal the hearts of the family today. Lord, I'm laying all these things at your feet tonight, Father God, because I love you and you can do anything. You're not a liar. You're you're a, a, a man of truth. Jesus, you're a man of truth. And I love you and I praise you. Lord, if you'll just do these things I ask of you tonight. I'll just keep on praising you and keep on loving you. And I'm going to wait on you. We're going to wait for the healing. We're going to wait for the deliverance. When you say it's time, not our time, but your time. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, family, that's it. I love you until we meet again.